so Trent, what have you been consuming most recently? Um, let's make this very clear. I just had half of a frozen DiGiorno's pizza, and that postponed the original start of the episode by like half an hour. And then we recorded the path, like the opening thirty minutes of the episode, all three of us. And then it came to light that um, my audio hadn't been recording, which was just a hundred percent my fault and parth and emily are mad so just expect that level of anger for the rest of the episode parth what have you been eating thanks for asking trent um good for something um (laughs) i had a macadamia nut cookie uh from costco costco's big for you recently uh it's my favorite place to shop for food or for 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 anything it's a it's a beautiful warehouse it's less beautiful now but um, do you do you go grocery shopping with your parents nowadays not nowadays because um there's this thing there's this biological agent going around so i've heard um yeah my parents are a little freaked about it so i don't go along with them for grocery runs but so just one um, scout goes as a human sacrifice and then brings back they, they the virus they both go Mm-hmm. They both go, but um, we do we go shopping like once a month for groceries. Yeah, they want to limit the amount of groceries or the, the limit, limit the, the infection rate. Yeah, I'm sure exactly. they're very pro groceries. I'm sure they're open to unlimited groceries. That's not the problem. Yeah, no, the, the groceries are not the issue. Uh, speaking of groceries, we have a guest here, Emily Katz. Uh, my next door smooth segue, Trent. <laughs> Uh, the the ultimate girl next door uh, from Demarest Hall. Welcome to our show. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me. Are you gonna ask me what I ate? Well, welcome to the show. What did what, what did you, eat, did you Emily? eat? I'm so glad you asked. Um, I ate some salmon. Was this canned? Um, no, it was uh, it was air fresh. fried. Yeah, air fried. What a yeah. shock! The greatest invention. In case you forgot. We we recorded this, so we we've spoken all about yeah. the air fryer. But I, Emily, we need you to talk about it again. Do you like air fryers? Are I you pro anti? Pro air fryers. Everyone should have one in their household. And this is not a paid sponsorship. They are a magical tool. Um, my sister has one, so by proxy, no I also enjoy. I I know all the details for the rest of the episode are going to be coded in a layer of artificiality. There will be no surprise for the next 20 minutes. Um, Well, Trent, Trent, you want to know what else is magical? Tell me. This show's intro. Nice. You know what I think we should do? Cut to it. Welcome back. You got Welcome it. back to Crash Studio. I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even close to the name of our show. I know, I know, I don't know. Maybe you should change it. Welcome back to DiGiorno. <laughs> to Craft Services, where we talk about the movies. Each week we discuss a different film and hopefully have an interview with a crew member of that film to talk with us about their experiences. This week we're going to be talking about Promising Young Women. Can we get a round of applause for Emily's Thank intro? Thank you. I had to overcome my fear of public speaking for this. I have a fear of speaking in a formal manner. 
Wait, aren't there like college classes oh, to like it. get over? Oh, oh and I, you're still not over it? I, I guess Rutgers didn't do its job. I presented in front of five of my friends. It was really Wait, funny. that was, they only made you present in front of five people? Yeah, they Is... had you have five people in your audience and I had my friends and it took me two hours to record a 10 minute speech. I, I feel like they should have made you do it in front of four, like more than five people because when in life are you going to speak in front of a crowd of only five people? Like, of, of shouldn't you be learning to speak in front of an audience? <laughs> yeah, like, it, yeah. it should be in front of many strangers. Yeah, they should have had, a, like, a live presentation to the class, but I guess they thought me presenting to my parents was going to get me prepared for life. Clearly not, as yeah. uh, we're... <laughs> Hey, well, uh, <laughs> Parth, uh, this movie was about stuff. There were characters in it, and we could describe all of that simply in one sentence. Oh, so you want me to give you a synopsis is what you wanted, yeah. right? Yeah, way to read the subtext. A young woman traumatized by a tragic event in her past seeks out vengeance against those who crossed her path. This mo- I'd say that's accurate. It is. Uh, that's more or less what happened in the movie. Uh, it got an eight. 87 on Rotten Tomatoes uh, from the audience and a 90 from the critics. Uh, the budget was unlisted. We think it's somewhere between 5 and $10 million. I read an interview. Um, Emerald Fennel said it was a very low-budget movie, but people have different definitions of low-budget. Um, the box office was $8.6 million, and on its opening weekend, it finished 5th, Behind Liam Neeson's The Marksman, Crude's A New Age, um, News of the World, and Monster Hunter. This movie, you know, like in order to be produced, there had to be right, a, right, there right. had to be a production. And looking back, yeah, 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 and yeah. looking back on that now in hindsight, in the past tense, it's like the history of the production, and that's the next part. It's just like a production history. Right? All right, let's not over-explain the segment. Do you you want to know about it? (laughs) Please. Emerald Fennell was the writer-director. She devised the concept in 2017. She sold the script to Margot Robbie, Harlow Quinn. She sold the script to Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn's production company, Lucky Chap Entertainment, after pitching the opening scene. Carrie Mulligan joined the cast in January 2019. Principal photography lasted 23 days in Los Angeles, and started on March 26th, 2019. February 2019, Focus Features acquired distribution rights to the film. They had their world premiere at the Sundance Film Festival on January 25th, 2020. It was initially scheduled to be released theatrically on April 17th, 2020, but was pulled out of theaters or pulled from the schedule because of COVID-19. It was eventually released December 25th, 2020, and released on home video on January 15th, 2021. So, the title is in reference to Brock Turner, a Stanford University student who was convicted of sexual assault in 2016, and despite his conviction, he was sometimes referred to by his peers as a promising young man. So, the title of the movie is a play on that. Um... Very clever. Yes. A little anecdote. A few months before the film debuted at Sundance, um, Emerald Fennel hosted a test screening, and apparently a fistfight broke out between two of the audience members, 
one thought that the scene was offensive and had some words to say about it, and another person said, this isn't offensive, and you're offending me by being offended by it. And so then they started punching each other, and Emerald Fennel was there, and she was like, hey, it's a pretty divisive movie. It's meant to be thought-provoking and make people talk, so can't be surprised that people had to throw hands in uh, in the Cinemark. Um, the words rape and sexual assault are never spoken in the film. Um, Emerald Fennel makes a director cameo. Um, as the host of the Blowjob Lips makeup tutorial video. Um, and I don't know where this statistic comes from because it seems kind of hard to measure, but 63% of the audience was female and 73% were over the age of 25. So Parth, what's the segment of the show that you resent the most um, and that I'm secretly rooting for? That would be one-star reviews, Trent. Exactly. Um... So let's get it over with. Let me uh, open by saying that people who give one-star reviews to Promising Young Woman are a very unique kind of person, and they're not the most savory bunch. So I'm gonna, we're going to have one, one co-host read each review to really spread out the blame and all the misogyny, and we can just all take equal parts. I'll go first. This one's by Mark. Um, all the reviews are by men. Uh, feminist propaganda, one good man in it, the father is neutral, all the, all other men are depicted as rapists or potential rapists. In the he said, she said situation on college campuses, it is the Obama administration's initiative Title IX which results in men not receiving due process and the presumption of innocence, not the other way around. Women on campus will find anything that they claim or asserted believed immediately. Uh, the scriptwriter on this film skews this fact to tell a lie about what goes on and what was going on seven years ago on college campuses. Yeah. Um, next one. Extremely disappointed, in all caps. In the description says nowhere about mentions of sexual assault nor suicide. I went with my friends to go see this movie thinking it was going to be a funny, lighthearted comedy about how she tricks boys by faking drunk. But it took an extremely dark turn. This movie at least needs a trigger warning before playing. As a, as a victim of sexual assault, suffering with mental health and suicidal thoughts, I'm extremely triggered. Need to rethink this one, I reckon. On a good note, I really loved how smart the girl was and how unexpected the ending was. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, she said uh, a lot of good things about it for a one-star review. Yeah, it was a, it was a positive yeah. ending. I mean, like we mentioned before, uh, I understand how one who has gone through something like this would like a trigger warning, but uh, I also don't know how, since she mentioned the basic premise of the movie and she said oh i knew that going in i don't know how she couldn't foresee the direction it was headed as you said previously we said on the recording of this podcast that that, that is now that is now squandered uh in the <laughs> yeah. abyss of the internet but yeah you can thank trent alger for that guys yeah, i mean uh, co-host of this show parth and emily's recordings are safe and sound yeah re- release release the craft services cut <laughs> um, replacing trent yeah, there is uh, th- there is talk of Emily really spicing up yeah. the, uh, the the gender norms and Parth and Emily forming a mixed dynamic du- duo, a mixed doubles co-host person in this podcast. Yeah, there was also earlier discussion when I messed up all the audio 
and I was MK like super, being super defensive. Yeah, I was being super defensive, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Hey guys, I'm not perfect. <laughs> are you?" And then Emily and Parth were both like, oh, "Actually, now they think of it, yes." And then that's yeah. how Emily figured she would we, step in to my role. We both happen to be perfect humans. It's just it's you look. You can't plan for these yeah. things. Um, they happen. You roll with them. You got to roll with the punches. Move. It's on. an act of that's God. Fun. Yeah, the universe has assembled you two together, and I've served my role. I, I've brought Emily from one side of my life, brought Parth from the mm-hmm. other, combined them, and now I'm, uh, I've done my job. Well, before you leave our show, um, well, I have one simple last request. Yeah, let's have um, one last how ride. You give your, how about you give your initial thoughts on this movie, Trent? How about Wait, that? we didn't get to read the last and final one-star review. Oh, yeah. shit, fuck. Oh! I'm not perfect. Wait, no. Now, now, Emily, you're kicked off the show. It has to be two imperfect people now. Or, 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 or it's back. Uh, or it could just be em- Emily in a monologue. Yeah, I think I just took oh, over the show. Or that. Release the Emily cut. Yeah. No. All right, uh, Emily. Re- well, Emily, since there's one last review, would you like to read it for yes, us? I'm really happy to read this review from Ahmed, who wrote. The wonderful review saying, females rule Hollywood, and that's terrible. And I think that sentence just speaks for itself. So, little does this guy know, it's the men who have been ruling Hollywood this whole time. White men, specifically. that's not true. Is that true? Um, As a white man, I hate to expose my party, but we've yeah we've had this shit on lock for a while so i don't know where this guy's getting his information but he's terribly misinformed um so emily tell us we had to watch the movie Mm -hmm. in preparation for the podcast and because of that naturally our brains responded with like neurons and they were flying all over the place and it probably Mm -hmm. formed thoughts in your brain and so your earliest thoughts what were those just the early thoughts. Um, how yeah, your in, your initial, initial thoughts, thoughts okay. if you will. Well put. So I had one expectation of this movie being a woman going and killing all men that wronged her. So at first, I was a little confused when the movie was moving a lot slower. But as the movie progressed, I think it developed, and I really enjoyed the film. And I'm I'm really happy that. The film discusses not only like the perpetrator of the film, but it discusses other players that are involved in sexual assault, like talking about the dean, which is a huge issue, which is not talked about a lot, talking about the lawyers that get involved. And I just think the movie was done in a, a really good way of showing what's going on. And I think the ending was everything. And... I really enjoyed the film. Um, my initial thoughts on the movie were very positive. Um, I thought it scratched so many, so many of my different itches. It was like kind of a rom com. It was like and Trent's an itchy man. And, <laughs> let me tell you, um, it was a kind of a rom com, and it was kind of a drama, and it was kind of like an action movie. And then like the third act is kind of in of itself like uh its own thing and um i thought 
this social issue has not been discussed in this way yet. And I think it talked about it in a really tasteful way. And also poked fun at the perpetrators because they're like bad people and stuff. To make them a hyperbole, even if there is a slight exaggeration and there are men who are offended, like, hey, this is over the top. Like, it, it's it's a comedy. So it wants to make people laugh on one hand, but also there are a lot of men who are bozos and they're doing all this stuff for real. And it's not it's not made up. So it's good that it's getting put out in the open. So then we can acknowledge the problem and not keep ignoring it, which is like the thesis of the movie. I wish we had done our year-end review um, after I'd seen Promising Young Woman because it would definitely have been number two on my list uh, after Tenet. Um, I really love this movie and it took me off guard because I kind of assumed that I probably would like it because I think its premise is pretty genius um, and that alone is just so clever but uh, it's it was not not at all what I expected uh, but it was so much more I think it subverts so many different expectations super satisfyingly and it's directed with a lot of style and um yeah like like what you guys said it's it's just really smartly written and um that third act um is excellent and i guess from here on out should we expect spoilers yeah i think a spoiler warning uh this being about the midway point if you haven't seen the movie yet uh to preserve the integrity of the film the yeah, uh, tune out and leave, and then... Come back go. when you watch. Yeah, I mean, hopefully return. You don't have to. Thanks for coming on the journey for this long. If we don't see you again, hope you enjoyed the ride. But we'd, we'd mm-hmm. love to have you back. One of what part of this movie I didn't like... What? The soundtrack. What? Minus, outs- outside of... No. Outside of the no. instrumental version... No, to- the toxic... The toxic was awesome. Don't get me wrong. And then It's Raining Men and the opening song about boys. thought those were all very good. But I thought there was like 15 minutes that could get cut from this movie. And I like it's it takes itself so seriously for a while. And then there are just a, a few small like like montage sequences where I'm like, what like what what was going on here? That's my opinion. And I think the soundtrack is part of the problem. I think it's like two... I you agree. Uh, which, are you talking about the Paris Hilton montage? Um, I, I heard a lot of people complain about the Paris Hilton montage. And whenever you have like a man performing a whole song in a pharmacy, like you're going to upset some people. And that wasn't my issue at all. I love Bo Burnham a lot. And I thought he made the best of that. But I think... There are a few montages, excuse my French, and uh, they play songs over them, and I don't think they match the energy that the movie would like to be going for. And it's almost like, Mm. it's so uncool that I'm kind of in disbelief that this very, what I think, cool hit movie decided to use that music. Like, a lot of the reviews said, like, they had this amazing soundtrack, and I was kind of shocked to see that because when I was watching the movie, I was kind of thinking 
the opposite that what were these songs that were playing they kind of seemed a, le- a little cheesy but there were actors in the movie right and they gave performances yeah. and now's the time where we talk about which were good which were great and which weren't good or great which were yeah less than uh carrie mulligan is the star of the show and she's getting nominated for a bunch of stuff and i think rightfully so she's great i yeah. agree um, I, I think everybody in the movie is pretty if if not perfectly cast very well cast i think every like i think bo burnham's great i think um we mentioned casey mulligan i, th- I like the parents i like I, I, the the lady from orange is the new black i like this I, I like max greenfield the guy from new girl i think he's wonderful yeah. i think he's absolutely wonderful in the role that he's cast I yeah think- he's meant to- Emily. Oh, sorry. Go. I think Bo Berman was amazing. I think he's so funny and like so casual about it too that his character was hilarious. Like, I don't know, that was an amazing casting for him. Yeah, Bo Burnham plays the same person himself in every movie. Mm-hmm. If you ever see him in anything else, it's more or less the same. Speaking of Bo Burnham, um, this movie is a movie of subplots and I'd say Bo Burnham is the main one and is what makes this movie something of a rom-com and the first time i watched it i was really confused because i was like oh we're supposed to like this guy and then he like takes her back to her apartment and she's all disappointed i'm like are we we don't like this guy now she's done with it (laughs) and then they start this like long serious relationship and i'm like oh we were we as the audience are supposed to like him again and then he turns out to be a bystander and like a villain and then it's confirmed that we don't like him but what do we think happens to bo burnham's character in the end does he go to jail i don't i don't think he goes to jail but i think i i think it's made clear that he isn't like i think why i think every guy in the movie is really well cast because they kind of perfectly exude the archetype that they're supposed to be portraying um and i think bo burnham kind of shows that like even the nice like bo burnham is just so likable and nice and sweet that you want like that you're rooting for him for this to work yeah and then you find out that even somebody like that can be a perpetrator of or a whole uphold a system that i think that's the theme for like all the guys in the movie like the first scene where it's the nice guy that goes to check to see if she's okay not the other two adam brody friends and it, it's trying to play to the point that, like, it could be anyone. Well, it, that, yeah, during the opening scene, I was like, oh, why are they making mm-hmm. why are they making the nice guy do it? Like, these uh, other other two would be much more likely to go attack this woman. Um, but the best of the, uh, like, the fake drunk scenes, I thought, was the one with uh, Christopher Mintz Pulse from Superbad. You know him? Yes. Um, and... Mm-hmm. He talk- He's also the motherfucker in Kick-Ass 2. Nice. Yeah, and he talks about David Foster Wallace and, and the novel he's going to write. And he, uh, he does cocaine like all white guys. Oh, yeah. And, and that scene is awesome. Do you want to know um, the one subplot I think could be cut for uh, for like to lose 15 minutes of this movie to get it down to 145 instead of two hours? Yeah. Sure. Uh, so the first time I saw this movie in theaters, I really had to pee the entire time. <laughs> and then I was holding it because I'm like, all these scenes are really engaging and they seem important. 
and I don't want to come back and then be confused the rest of the time. So I was really postponing the inevitable, and then there came the scene about two-thirds through where she goes to talk with Molly Shannon on her porch, and I was like, now's the perfect time. And I went and peed, and I came back, and I was like, oh, I'm not confused. I guess I didn't miss anything. And then I watched the movie all the way through at home with the Molly Shannon scene, and I was like, oh. I mean, what's there to say? It, it just, uh, it that's what should have been cut, I think. Yeah, I, I think that scene was a little unnecessary, like, telling her to move on when, you know, this girl, th- her whole life has stopped because of this. There, she's not going to move on, and I feel like that scene just added nothing to it. Like, her family has moved on, and she I, hasn't, but... I, I'm gonna have to slightly disagree. You're, that's allowed. Um agree that it's maybe written a little too expositiony or expositional um because we kind of understand that at at that point that her friend is the one that's gotten assaulted and um that she needs to move on but i think it's kind of helpful to show that she's doing this it's it's not necessary for plot related reasons but i i think it reveals something about character because i think that through that scene you see that she's not even doing this for anybody really because her friend killed herself and it's not the family that wants this she's really just doing this like she's internally damaged so much from this that she she's willing to even upset the family of the person she's doing this for it's like the the mom doesn't want her there and it's i think really sad and i i i really like that scene Though I do agree they didn't need the explicit line, move on. I, I just think there are too many, like, dial like, too many times in dialogue, just, like, the name Nina is, like, forced in, and th- it's the screenwriter being, like, remember, like, she's important, like, I know that we're not gonna do a flashback, we're not gonna show her on screen, but remember this. Um, yeah. But what did you think of her being purposely excluded? Because I'm glad this movie didn't have, like, a useless flashback for us to never see her again. And I'm glad there wasn't a, a cutaway of her suicide. Um, but also, I just think it's rare for a character in a movie to play such a major role, to just, like, never be seen. It, it leaves it up to your imagination, and that, I, I feel like I like that better. Um, it adds a whole different effect to the movie when you don't know and you have to fill in the blanks yourself. So I thought... It was a cool aspect that they uh, aspect that they did that. So I thought that was pretty interesting to not show Nina, but have her, I guess, in your imagination to come up with. Uh, okay, I'll bring up my very good friend Sophia, mm-hmm. uh, guest of the show for Gone Girl. Um, she, uh, I watched a show or the first episode of a show with her called The Morning Show, which is on Apple TV. Uh, the world's best streaming service you can catch on the rocks on there as trent did um but um that deals with a sexual assault and the first episode doesn't display the sexual the, the person that was sexually assaulted um but the whole show is sort of instigated upon that and so she took issue with that there because i i think you can make basically what i'm leading up to is you can make the case that maybe you should show the actual victim. Um, but I personally think for story decisions, and uh, it, it, it 
it's good because it is I don't think you could really tastefully show any of the information that's give like given in other ways mm-hmm. in the movie and I think a another thing that I just wanted to bring up about the movie is um another thing I said on the other the lost recording of this show is that I think the movie is really exceptional with like exposition generally because I think for long periods of the movie you're not a hundred percent sure what the main character is doing or what her motivations are um I don't know if this was just me that was like thought this at the beginning but at the beginning I thought she was assaulted then I thought Nina was her sister then I realized that wasn't the case so like it, it does a not trick but it, it's clever and sort of constantly changing your expectations and so I think that in not sh- I, I just don't think there would be a way to tastefully show it yeah. that would be narratively satisfying or like you know tastefully done purpose yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, some of the reviews uh, granted they were one star but they were like this movie should have been nina's story and like she's been sexually assaulted and she's gonna get her revenge rather than her essentially like not like her her letting it overtake her killing herself not being a player in her own story yeah exactly and then just having her friend basically like seek revenge vicariously people thought it was just a little bit disconnected i i think i think it works even more to a certain extent because it's like rape is sort of used as a like motivational device for guys a lot of the times and it's it's usually done to then justify the guy than like killing a bunch of people and i think that in here it's it's not the same thing it kind of shows that this the it's kind of critiquing an entire critiquing an entire system that's exists and it shows that it obviously leads the victim to kill herself which is awful and then it affects everybody around her it affects her friends it affects you know her classmates it affects everybody and i think it shows that i feel like people kind of make it out to be like well it's just one person and the movie makes the case that it's it's more than that and i i think you don't get that and it seems a lot more um like normal if it's just she's going out on a rape revenge thing which is we've seen that yeah i I like their um tally mark system by basically saying like oh there are Mm -hmm. like five different types of people who can be partially responsible for this different offense it's not like just the rapists there are bystanders and there's the dean of the school who ignores them and so on and so forth um so i think that part's good even though personally i thought they were roman numerals and i counted Mm -hmm. one through three and i was like great this is going according to plan and then i got to four and i was like yo did they really just make this mistake and forget to do a v and then uh and then it all made sense in the end but there was a moment where thought 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 some uh some intern was fired what did you think of the scene with allison Bree, where she drugged her and had a man Take her to the room. I just want to know your opinion on that scene because I was I was shocked from that scene because I do like how she gives them a chance 
to change and if she sees that they have remorse then she will she won't do anything and i i appreciated that because you don't see that in most vengeance stories well i love that scene and like i said before i like that at the beginning i thought because i kept hearing about how crazy this movie was and like its twists and its turns so for a solid few seconds i thought holy shit is she gonna like get this girl raped and i was and like i thought that that was maybe like where it was going um and the same thing with the scene with the, in dean's, the dean's daughter office. again it's the thing of like not showing you and then leaving leading you to think about it and then uh subverting your expectations but i thought it was really good um because it shows that she's messed up but not too messed up because you find out that that didn't actually happen and i like that this movie doesn't make carrie mulligan's character like she's really stoic because of this horrible thing that happened and it's up to somebody else to make her less that um i like that you know when initially when she's talking with bo burnham and everything she's like it's a cute little relationship and she can actually engage in that and she's not like you know she 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 has a personality beyond i'm angry which i feel like lots of movies sort of immediately make their characters like that and i think it's more interesting to show that she is a real person and like i liked the scene with alfred molina's character because i like some people have said that that's an issue what? that she immediately forgives him well she had a hit I, she had a hitman outside ready to like well i didn't think it was a hitman i thought it was a, like a br- guy to beat her yeah beat him up. break your kneecap kind of guy i thought it, i thought it just made her so much more interesting because it, it makes her a much more empathetic individual what? if she can like be like oh okay yeah I guess I forgive you. Well, it just shows the yeah. flip side of the coin because narratively she offers everyone that chance. And if you didn't explore, like, what does she do? Because Alfred Molina ends up to be, like, one of the few, like, good men. Like, he's he's forgiven. And, or has an arc. Yeah, 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 and then he plays a pivotal role in the end saying, like, he's going to deliver the evidence. And that's, like, his redemption. Um, and so I, I don't understand their views, which are, like, this movie says all men are bad because literally Alfred Molina was a terrible guy. And then just years later, he had to be like, I realized what I did was wrong. And then the movie forgives him. So I just think you, uh, you have to not be an asshole. That's the key. And, and I also think it's weird because most of the women aren't good people either. It kind of shows that like generally like society is kind of generally fucked. Like, like, I think the ending is what made this movie. Um, It just took so many plot twists. And the thing that stuck in my mind the most was the text messages. How perfectly timing, like how perfectly timed it was. How did she do that? So so the, the ending begs a bunch of questions. And the first time I watched it, I thought that the text messages at the end revealed, oh, her, this was her plan all along, was to mm. have this guy kill her, and then basically to, like, have them get caught for her murder, and then for them all to go to jail. But, then, uh, the second time I watched it, I, like, paused on the package to Alfred Molina, and, which was, like, the phone with the tape, and it said, like, oh, in case of my disappearance, I went to this guy's bachelor party 
And then I looked at the text messages and it said that they were scheduled. And this leads me to believe that she didn't want to die. And then she was just prepared in case that she got killed, that she would still come out on top. But I think it, the yeah. movie leads you to believe that she commits suicide. How upset were you I think... when he was suffocating her? Like, she didn't get the revenge she I wanted. Was sh- I was fucking shocked that that happened. And for a long time, or not a lot, not such a long time, but I really thought that, like, maybe she was playing dead or something. Uh, like, like I thought that maybe, like, there was something else going on. Because I really did not expect them to just kill her. A few things there. So, uh, a, a fun fact from earlier is that they... they uh, Emerald Fennel asks her dad, who's a cop, how long it takes to uh, asphyxiate someone or smother them with a pillow, and they said two and a half minutes, so they actually made the scene last two and a half minutes, to be realistic. Um, but yeah, I agree. She, like, wasn't fighting back a whole lot, and I was like, something's weird here. And then when I thought that it was suicide, oh, it made sense. Like, she just accepted, this guy's gonna smother me, I'm gonna die. But then when I thought it, it back from the perspective of she died by accident and then uh, what and then it was weird that she wasn't fighting back and uh, all i thought uh, also I thought she was she fighting, was fighting back, back she was trying I, but she had a guy cover like hovering over that her. guy's like huge in comparison like she's a five five girl or something like like she's not a particularly large individual so uh, in your face i'm sure it's difficult to so, punch someone so screw you trent Uh, you probably hate women yeah Yeah, that's exactly what i'm trying to say so did the guy like obviously he killed her but like did he like mean to because he he just kept he just kept shouting you're like stop moving and then i was like i I just thought i just i just thought how could this guy possibly expect to get away with this therefore how, how could he purposely kill her when you can just as easily just, like, just, like, let her go? But I, I just thought it was a poorly thought-out plan. You could and... see just, like, in his face and in his mind, like, something wasn't there. Like, something went off. And I don't yeah, think there's yeah. any logical thinking in that. And maybe that shows that there's something clearly messed up with I don't know, men? <laughs> I don't, but, like, sorry to make that huge... I've seen that crazy thing. look in your eye, Trent. But... No, I, 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 I agree. When he was when he was strangling her, I was like, yeah, a, a beast has been unleashed. But clearly this guy has, you know, raped one, if not several women in the past, so he's got it in him, so we can't be all that surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I thought, I thought it was just that he was just, like, in a fit of uncontrollable rage or something and just like lost control um and i i again perfect casting because the guy is like the perfect like you think white man and like that's him he's so bland looking yeah. like he, he he's wonderful <laughs> in that sense a great bland looking man what about the friend who was max greenfield joe greenfield. yeah joe who came in yeah he ready uh, he was like All right, so fucking we good is, we gotta get the body out of here and he did not flinch he did not hesitate i i was gonna say my my favorite movie is when he comes in the night after and she's dead on the bed and he's like i killed the stripper and he's like what is this a bachelor party <laughs> are we in the 90s a movie from the 90s yeah yeah uh, yeah i i think that uh 
That was a tour de force. Mm-hmm. I just have one question. Would you, if you walked in on each other and you found a dead body, would you be a Joe? Like, would you help each other out or you guys sending each other to jail? So it depends on the, well, if we, well, if we both have, if we both have no, dead no, bodies, part, you walked in on Trent. No. Trent has a dead body. Are you going to help him? I think it's all context. Like, if I walked in on Parth and there was an accidental death and he didn't smother her <laughs> to co- to conceal the evidence reveal of his past rape, um, if he didn't have this elaborate criminal background and mm. uh, it was something of an accident, I I might go through a great deal of trouble to help him, like, hide a body if, if, if he did nothing wrong. But if Parth was just a straight up murderer i'd be like sorry buddy the the podcast is over me and emily can take things over and you can go to jail parth how would you handle the situation yeah would you cover trent um i would say probably the same thing as trent um if it if it was a genuine the thing is i don't know that we'd be able to cover up a murder (laughs) well so it's like is it worth both of us going to jail well can i cover up a murder and can i hide a body are two different questions because say like we're driving in the middle of the night and i hit like a rogue just a homeless person and like the like no one's probably going to come looking for them so we we won't have to answer to the police but will you just like help me hide the body bury it that night and then go on the rest of your life that was a very specific situation very specific trent why are you bringing this up we said specifically never to speak about that again (laughs) um so emily your ranking of the movie i would give it an eight out of ten an eight is a very flattering number i I, I think only oh oh well only one ten and a few nines have happened but like I, a seven is like a movie you liked, and then anything above that is like you you really liked it. Okay, then I might need to reassess my my numbers. Oh, you didn't really like it? No, I did really like it, but of of course oh. there are some things that I didn't like about it. But I guess yeah. I would give it a seven out of ten, more accurately. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I I'm gonna agree with you there. I'm gonna go in at a seven. I liked it a lot. Um. I hope it gets recognized at mm-hmm. the Academy Awards. It won't. It won't. It's nice when women are allowed to direct and star in movies, though, despite them ruling Hollywood like the uh, the internet is, uh, has been telling us. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I give it a seven. Um, I, I liked it, but... And I think watching it for the first time and the build-up... And then the payoff mm-hmm. is is really worth it. But now that I know what transpires, I am in no rush to revisit this movie. Nine point five wow. for me. But I haven't I haven't rewatched it. Um, again, I I think I just haven't seen. Every now and then I'll watch a movie that like is exciting on both a directing and writing level. Um, and that's why I like Tenet so much just because it's so different mm-hmm. from everything for all of its flaws. Um, so, yeah. I, 
like a 9.5 i'd give it because i i didn't have the issues that uh you two seem to have uh um, well i i think with... i i think the script is the script and the performances are so strong and then uh, my only complaints are like the soundtrack and a few like petty plot points along the way but um i guess those were detrimental enough um yeah i, I just think it there's a little bit of flab on this movie. I think it could be a 145er, and it's it's sitting comfortably, and all gluttonous at two hours. Yeah. That's re- I really thought this like I think part of the reason why I liked it was I really thought it was super super tight. I didn't think there was really anything I would cut out. Um, I would just maybe change that one line where she's like, "You need to move on. We all have, you know, like." that's a very movie line but other than that i i didn't really again i haven't rewatched it so i can't speak to that you you have that on me trent but so it was very important that we had a female person on to discuss with us today because if it was just parth and i um chit-chatting about promising young woman for an hour that would have been inappropriate and fucked up and wrong and um Emily, we'd like to thank you for your service, for being the thank resident you for female, having me. for providing your unique insight. Uh, Trent, is that yeah. the ending? Yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, Parth, let's keep our voices down while we talk about this. But we're not, we're not exactly sure our next episode's gonna be. Parth, I. We're not. No. We were. We're, we're thinking. Do we do a special episode? Uh-huh. Do we bide our time? What do we do? What do we talk about? How about you let us know in the comments down below? Help subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thumbs up. We don't even have a YouTube channel. But remember What? But remember to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for listening. Find us on YouTube.